embrace today is brought to you by Whole House Ministries. Host a pre-curry will inspire listeners to embrace their today with hope and expectation with a focus of bringing about freedom, healing, and restoration through the Word of God. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I am Epri Curry, the host of Embrace Today, where we embrace our today with hope and expectation through the Word of God. This morning, we are going to continue in the Epistle of Galatians. We are going to start in chapter 2. So again, we're going to start the second half of season 1 in Galatians chapter 2. With the weather changing, what we'll find is that there are rodents and insects and animals coming out of hibernation. Because of this, there will be many that are setting traps. I'm sure a bunch of us can relate to setting traps. There's fly traps, there's mouse traps, there's animal cages. All of these things are set out to trap those uninvited and unwanted guests. When we think about a trap, a trap is something that will catch and retain something. So it's not just going to catch you, but it's going to have a hold on you to the effect that you will not be able to get away. Amen. So for us to catch and retain the unwanted guest, we must utilize some bait. But we can't just use any bait. This bait must be something that the rodent, the insect, or whatever we are trying to trap is attracted to. Amen. In addition to that, they must also get close to the trap for the trap to even be able to attempt to catch and retain it. You know, we can't retain something that's not caught. Amen. So this idea of traps is not only important in the world of insects and rodents, but it's also important in our lives. Just like animals and insects are attracted to bait, There are people that are attracted to you. So you ask, what do I mean there's people attracted to me? Some folks' assignments is to destroy us and they are clear about their assignment. I'll repeat that. There are some people whose clear assignment is to destroy you and they are clear and intentional about completing that assignment. Amen? There's some folks that only get close to us to trap us. There's something that we have that they want or they want to destroy us because we're a threat to them. People are attracted to our gifts. They're attracted to our reputations. They're attracted to our businesses, to our families, to our ministries, to our nonprofit. People are attracted to your life and will get close to you only to trap you. 1 Peter 5, 7 through 9 tells us we have to keep our mind clear and be alert. Our opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. 
Now, if we think of that word devour, to devour something means to destroy it completely. That means there will not even be a residue of what it is that they were trying to destroy. And so if we think about someone looking to devour us, if we can think for a minute, someone looking to devour our reputation or devour our business, devour our family, devour our ministry, devour our nonprofit, devour our life, we have someone that is attempting to take us out. Amen. Now, this is imperative because some of us, we are in love absolutely in love with the ideal of people being in love with us. And so what do we do? We put our guards down, making it easy for us to get trapped. We risk it all just for some attention. We risk it all just to be liked. We risk it all just to fit in. We make it easy for people to catch and retain us. And their ultimate goal, again, is to destroy us completely. They want to destroy our reputation. They want to destroy our family, our business. They want to destroy our influence. They want to destroy our credit and even our bank accounts if we let them. You see, that's why it's so important for us to know who we have amongst us. Those that get close are close. Those that get close to us are getting close for a reason. Now, don't get me wrong. Not everyone that get close to you and not everyone that's attracted to you is looking to devour you. But there are some people whose goal and whose intention is to destroy you completely. They'll do this by getting close to you. They'll do this by acting like they are just like you. They'll do this by acting like you have acting like you all have the same similarities. They'll do this by acting like they are aligned with your mission or your vision. They'll do this by acting like they are for your family, but all in all, they are looking to destroy you completely. Jeremiah 5:26 it says, among my people are the wicked who lie in wait like men who snare birds and like those who set traps to catch people. You see, we can't underestimate who evil will use to destroy you. We can't underestimate who evil will use to destroy what you have. We can't underestimate the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The thief that comes to lure us away from the path that God has us on. The thief that comes to take the business idea that the Lord has implanted in us. The thief that comes to take the family that the Lord has given to us. The thief that comes to take the nonprofit that the God ha that God has placed us in. The thief that comes to destroy the ministry that God has called us to perfect. The thief that comes to take any and everything that we have that will cause us to lose faith in the one and only God. Amen. So as we look at today's text, Galatians chapter two, verses one through five, we're going to look at some verses that causes us to see what people that attempt to trap us will do. But you know, we have a God and we serve a God that is within us. We have a God that will allow us to be able to escape the trap. You see, sometimes they may be able to catch us, but they can't retain us. And so as we look at this morning's verses, we're going to talk from the subject escaping the trap. I think this is important because a lot of times we'll look at other people and attempt to point the finger when they have gotten trapped. But if we can all relate to something that has trapped us sometime in our lives. 
But the good thing about it is when we walk with God and when we call on the name of Jesus, the strength that raised Jesus from the dead is the same strength that can pull us out of any and every trap that the enemy tries to place us in. And so Galatians chapter two, verses one through five, it reads, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure that I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet, not even Titus who was with me was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. So in looking in these verses, we can see that this trip that Paul is taking, he's not by himself. The first time that he went to visit Jerusalem when he stayed 14 days, he was by himself. This was after the Lord had called him and the Lord had taken him away into a different location. And then he brought himself back to Jerusalem amongst the other apostles. But this time we see Paul, he's not traveling alone. He's traveling with Barnabas, Barnabas, the one chosen by the Christians in Antioch to be his companion. And then he also has Titus to a Greek, one that is not a Jew, that was not a Jew, but he was one that was not originally God's chosen. And so when we are trying to escape the trap, we have to know the power of support. If we think about it, oftentimes when we are trapped, when we find ourselves getting trapped, we have isolated ourselves and we have disconnected from those that God has called us to be connected to. You see, Paul, he had already been walking in his calling for over 14 years, yet he did not find it unnecessary to have some support. You see, Barnabas was the one that the church had chosen for him. This was not somebody that Paul had chosen on his own, yet Paul was receptive to that gift uh, that the church had given him. If we understand support as being a gift and support as being a necessity, we will find that we won't always find ourselves getting caught in the trap. You see, the trap, again, is someone catching you and retaining you. When you have other people with you, those that are working with you, those that are there to support you, sometimes those people can see things that you cannot see. Sometimes those people can be taking care of things while you are focused on the main thing that you're supposed to be focused on. They'll be focused on the extra stuff. Too many times we are focused on the extra stuff. And because we're not focused on the main thing and we're focused on the extra stuff, we, call, we find ourselves in some sort of a trap. But we have to know the power of support. Remember, there were people attempting to discredit Paul. There were people attempting to lure the Gentiles away from the church and away from the truth. Yet we have Paul, the leader, the one that God had called to proclaim his gospel, having support of the people with people that God had provided him with. And so when we're escaping the trap, when we want to escape the trap, when we don't want to get trapped, when we don't want to get caught and retained, we have to understand that we need to accept support. 
And I'm not talking about the clique that you put together. I'm talking about the people that the Lord will lead to you that know the mission, that know the vision, that will not give up, that will persevere, that will catch you when you fall, that will encourage you, that will correct you. The people that the Lord has for you. Don't surround yourself with people that's not going to do nothing about your vision. People that's not going to feed you. People that's not going to pick you up when you fall. People that's not going to persevere through the struggle. People that's willing to encourage you to throw your faith to the side. Quit surrounding yourself with random people and get with the people the Lord has for you to get with. And you know, oftentimes, that's not a whole bunch of people. You see, Paul, he's here with two people. He's here with Barnabas and he's here with Titus. Sometimes we want to be in these big cliques and big groups when sometimes we need to fall back so that we can have the clear vision and do the work the right way so that it can be sustainable and effective. And so we have to know the power of support when we're escaping the trap. Amen. And so as we look at verse two, it says, I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure that I was not and had not been running my race in vain. So when we're escaping the trap, not only do we need to know the power of support, but we also need to know the power of evaluation. You see, the text tells us that he went to Jerusalem based off of a revelation. So he was led to Jerusalem. He was not just going to prove a point on his own volition. You see, sometimes we need to evaluate our own motives because sometimes we're too busy trying to prove a point that we find ourselves in the wrong spaces amongst the wrong people wasting energy that should be going to somewhere else. You see, he was led to Jerusalem so that he can make sure that he was doing what God had called him to do. He wasn't going to get their approval. He knew who he was and what he was called to do because he was already approved by God. But sometimes we just need to get with some other people that are also aligned with the Lord so that they can look at and evaluate what we are doing so we can make sure that we ain't going crazy. Because sometimes you can find yourself walking down the path that God has you to walk on and people begin to question you and question your God and question your faith. And sometimes you begin to second guess yourself. But you see, Paul, he went and he attempted to meet privately, not publicly. He wasn't trying to make a scene, but he went and met privately with some people that were mature. These people were able to decipher the truth from the fake. These people had wisdom. These people were not going to steer him in the wrong way, but he knew who he needed to help evaluate the situation. And, you know, sometimes we are too busy running to folks, asking them for their opinion, and they don't know their life, their left from their right. They don't know how to put the shoe on the right or the wrong foot, don't know how to fill out a job application, don't know their direction, but yet we are trying to get every bit of advice from them. Sometimes we have to know how to evaluate yourself. Evaluation is powerful. Because as we evaluate ourselves, guess what? We are able to see if we're doing something wrong and what we're doing right. And so we won't wait until we're deep in a hole, but we're constantly checking and evaluating ourselves so we won't get deep in that hole, so we won't get caught and retained in a trap. 
You see, he's not getting evaluated by people that's just going to agree with him. He don't, he didn't have a bunch of yes people surrounding him to say, oh yeah, you're doing the right thing. He went to some people that were mature. He presented the gospel, the message that he was giving to the Gentiles. He gave it to them straight. He didn't try no tricks, no manipulation. He didn't try to steer them wrong, but he presented the truth that he was giving. And you see a lack of evaluation, it can cause us to get trapped in situations that can and will devour us. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, search my heart. Am I doing this with the right motives? Am I saying this with the right motives? Why am I doing what I'm doing? We escape the trap when we evaluate ourselves. There's power in evaluation. There's so much power in evaluation. Amen. So verse three, it says, yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was Greek. So when we're escaping the trap, we have to know the power of support. We have to know the power of evaluation, but we also have to know the power of solidarity. You see, Paul was a Jew. Titus was a Gentile, yet they became one under Jesus Christ. You see, sometimes we're different. We're not the same. Everybody is diverse, but everybody wants everybody to be like them, think like them, speak like them, agree like them. And if they can't do that, they cannot move forward as one. But we have, when we want to escape the trap, escape being devoured, escape being caught and retained, we have to understand there's power in solidarity. You see, he was doing the work. You see, Titus, he was doing the work without being circumcised because remember, the Judaizer said that the Gentile Christians had to get circumcised as well. They couldn't just accept Jesus. It was more than that. It was Jesus and some. Yet Paul was preaching that the, the Gentile Christians did not have to get circumcised. They can just accept Jesus. And the proof that what he was preaching was true was that he was allowing Titus to walk alongside him and also preach the gospel. You see, the gospel, it unites us. It doesn't divide us. And so when we have these different things that we aren't agreeing with, we should be able to disagree in love. We should be able to disagree and still move forward under the mission that God has called us to move in. And so when the truth is being divided, that's the trap that's attempting to devour us. Anytime the truth is being divided to appease this group, that group, this group, that group, that is a trap attempting to devour us. And so we have to understand that when we are escaping the trap, when we want to escape the trap, we have to know the power of support. We have to know the power of evaluation and we have to know the power of solidarity. But then lastly, let's look at four and five. It says this matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved. And so when we want to escape the trap, we also have to know the power of recognizing that everyone close to you is not for you. I'll say it again. Everyone that is close to you is not for you. The text tells us the matter arose because some false believers, so they acted like they were you, but they weren't. 
They had infiltrated our ranks. They came in to spy on the freedom we have in Jesus and to make us slaves. Check out their motives. You see, anytime someone is sneaking, lying, seducing, manipulating, spying, anytime somebody has to do any of that to get you to do something, say something, be somewhere, any of that, they are not for you. They are attempting to trap you. People should be able to speak the truth and you should be able to make a decision based off of that truth that they are speaking. When someone is attempting to lure you to do something by not telling the truth, you better run because they do not have your best interest at heart. It says that they were looking, they came in and they infiltrated. So they, they had a whole plan. Not only did they fake to be something that they weren't, but they fake to be something that they weren't so that they can infiltrate, that they can come in and fit in. But my question to us is, how are people able to sneak in and come into our lives and we not identify that they are knockoffs? Again, that's because we're so attracted to attention and we want the hee-hee-hee-hee-hee. And when they tell us something nice and they like something about us, we're attracted to that. But we have to begin to tap into the discernment and the wisdom that the Lord has given us. So when someone attempts to infiltrate our ranks, we're able to identify them. You see, it says that they came in, they wanted to, to, to they were spying on the freedom. So they wanted, they didn't want them to have that freedom. How do I know? Because it says that they wanted to make them slaves. They wanted to make them bound again. They wanted to restrain them. They wanted to have control. You see, when people can't trap you, when people can't get you to do what they want you to do, when people don't get to do what they want to do in your lives, they'll begin to try to manipulate and lie and do things in their own way. But what do we have to do? We have to stand firm on the truth. We have to let the truth live throughout our lives. You see, these false believers, they imitate you and your beliefs. They trap you. They try to do whatever it is that your family is doing. If they want to get amongst your family or if they want to destroy your family, they'll feed you in every area of your life that you think is weak. They'll try to connect with the kid that you may be having confrontation with only for them to lure in to try to pull that kid away from what you are calling them to do as a parent. You see, people will be upset that your family is doing good and do whatever they can to begin to throw shade, to break that up. Your nonprofit can do, be doing very well and have a lot of support. Some people won't like that. So they'll begin to try to infiltrate themselves and bring themselves among you and among other nonprofits to make it seem like they are a part of the group but in all natural reality they are looking to devour you those attempting to extract uh, those that are attempting to trap you they know where to hit you they know where to hit you to devour you they know what you like they know what you don't like they know what you need and so they are there and ready to hit you where it hurts so that they can catch you and retain you but you have the power. You have the power to overcome any trap that may come your way. How do I know? Because the word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. It says, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. So when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So when we have to understand that when people are trying to get us to do particular things, we have the strength to get out. 
You see Tamar in the Old Testament in Genesis 38, she tried to trap Judah. Actually, she trapped Judah. And see, this is a lot of things. She, dra she, dra she trapped Judah by utilizing her butt. A lot of us are being trapped by butt that's being tossed around. But you see, she disguised herself and that's how she was able to trap him. But if we wasn't so attracted to butt and allowed butt to control everything that we do in our lives, we wouldn't be getting trapped by the butt. You see Potiphar's wife, she tried to trap Joseph in Genesis 39. When they were alone, she tried to get him, but he knew better. He wasn't falling for the butt. He had too much to lose and Joseph wasn't trying to do it. But what did she do? She lied on him, but that didn't stop him. He still was able to fulfill the work that God had called him to fulfill, even in her lying and attempting to trap him. But the ultimate trap, it was Judas, Judas and Jesus. But see, they caught Jesus, but they could not retain Jesus because Jesus, he got up. And see, some of us, we may feel caught. We may feel like we are in a tomb and we cannot move the rock from, from that's covering the tomb. We feel like we can't get out. There's a trap that has been over us for year after year after year. And every time we attempt to get out, we cannot get out. But I'm here to tell you, Quit trying to get out by yourself and call on the name of Jesus. You need to submit yourself to God and do what he has called you to do. You better quit tripping because they may have caught you and may have even caught you for some years, but they cannot retain you. It's time for you to get up. You better get up better than before. You better get up and do what God has called you to do because guess what? You have a business to run. You have a family to raise. You have a family to support. You have a ministry to perfect. You have a life to live. You have a voice that needs to be heard. You need to do what God is calling you to do. And so no matter what trap they have tried to set for you, no matter what trap you have fell in, you need to get up. You have a reputation to uphold. You have, again, that business to run, a ministry to perfect, and a nonprofit to run. Your influence is needed amongst the people. Your family needs you. It's time for you to get up. Get up out that trap. They can't hold you down. And if they're holding you down, it's because you're letting them. I just gave you the source that you need to get up out of the trap. It's time for you to put your faith into action. You say you believe God. You say there's nothing impossible with God. Now put your works with your faith. And do what God is calling you to do. Get up out that trap. They're trying to devour you. They're trying to destroy you completely. And when they can destroy you completely, there goes the business. There goes the ministry. There goes the nonprofit. There goes the influence. There goes your voice. There goes your family. Stop allowing the world and the forces of the world to think that they have a hold on you. You are God's child. God sent his only begotten son to die for you while you were still sinning. So don't say, I need to get it together first or I can't get it together. I need to stop this. Listen, he sent his son to die for us while we were still doing wrong. So what makes you think you need to get right first? It's time for us to escape these traps. Stop falling for the okie doke. God has plans for us. God has plans for you. You know that dream. You know that thing that you thought about and ain't thought about in years. You know that thing that you have to do. You know that thing that you have been neglecting. God has called you to those things. And so it's time for you to get serious.
God has work for you to do. You see, Paul, he was able to escape the trap because he understood the power of knowing who he was. He first knew who he was and he knew his mission. So he was focused on that. But not only that, he knew the power of support. He knew that he could not do this thing, thing alone. And so he was able to surround himself with people that were like-minded, people that were able to follow him and do what the Lord had called him to do. Additionally, he knew the power of evaluation. He knew the impact that speaking to those with wisdom and speaking to those that knew and were on the same page as him, he knew the power of that evaluation. And then he also knew the power of solidarity. We don't have to be the same to be under the Lord. We don't have to be the same to walk the mission that the Lord has called us to walk. We don't have to try to become like one another to do what God has called us to do. He understood the power of solidarity. But then he also knew the power of recognizing that everyone close to us is not for us. And so he was able to escape the trap. Amen? Thank you for tuning in to Embrace Today. You can further connect with Whole House Ministries by viewing our website at www.wholehouse.org, liking Whole House Ministries on Facebook, and following IMEPRI on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. Be blessed and, and embrace, embrace your, your today. today.